Hey, what's up, Warrior? It is Jeff from WarriorLeft.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 364 and the second of our two-part series on OODA Loop Secrets. This week, how to sabotage a criminal's sinister plans before he puts his crosshairs on you and even turn the tables on your attacker in the middle of a fight for your life. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. All right, welcome back, Warrior. This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com. And last week in the first part of this two-part series, I told you a story about my recent trip to Disney World with Melissa and our grandkids and a verbal altercation that happened next to us between two different park visitors who were there with their children standing in a very long line to get into the Haunted Mansion ride. Now, that argument really made me think about the dynamics of how conflicts start, how they play out, and how they end, specifically with you as the victor. And the model I use for this is a common tactical approach that was originally put together by U.S. Air Force Colonel and military strategist John Boyd in a famous study that he did related on how to engage an enemy fighter in the air and win. Now, that model he came up with is a progression of steps, specifically observe, orient, decide, and act, or the OODA loop for short, where you observe the enemy's actions, you orient yourself on how you'll respond, both physically but also, as I talked about in last week's episode, how you are personally oriented on the information that you're taking in, such as like if you've had previous experiences, either good or bad, that would affect how you respond, things like that. And then decide on what action you will take next, and then act on that decision. Now, we also talked in our last episode about how this OODA loop is happening with your attacker as well, because they are also going to respond to whatever actions that you take. In other words, if you resist giving up your wallet or or getting in their car, they'll do this. And if you fight back, they may run away or they may use a weapon and kill you. This is why attacks are so dynamic and they can change in an instant because you don't know your attacker's next move and they don't know yours either. So all you can do is take in whatever information you have at the time, in other words, observe, and then the rest of the OODA loop plays out back and forth between you and your attacker until the end result, whatever that is. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's show, I do recommend that you go back and listen to it because I did go over some important factors for consideration that I witnessed in that Disney World confrontation and what makes people tick and what most people miss about Colonel Boyd's development of the OODA model. But his goal to actually use the OODA loop for aerial combat wasn't just to identify this linear pattern of decision making. It was to use this model to defeat the enemy. You see, his aim wasn't to get fighters to think faster than the enemy in order to to shorten the OODA loop. It was to get them to think ahead of the enemy and create chaos in every part of their own OODA loop process. So Boyd discovered that if you could do unpredictable things in a dogfight, it confused and disrupted the enemy's fighting strategy, and then they were easier to defeat. So you have the same ability to sabotage every factor in your attacker's OODA loop process, and you can use chaos and disruption to avoid being targeted or to defeat your attacker 
if you're forced to defend yourself. So in this week's show, I'm going to be giving you some specific examples on how you can do that. And it's all coming right up after this important message. In the last two decades, over 7,000 American soldiers have lost their lives on the battlefield. Yet in that same time period, we've lost over 100,000 to veteran suicide. And hundreds of thousands more of our brave warriors and their families continue to suffer every single day from the mental scars of war, otherwise known as combat-related post-traumatic stress or combat PTSD. Enough is enough. We're doing something about it. Our 501c3 nonprofit, Operation Save Our Soldiers, is helping to change the lives of our brave men and women struggling with combat PTSD with our direct sponsorship of an exclusive warrior retreat and a revolutionary new therapy that's literally putting an end to their symptoms and suffering in as little as just one two-hour session without drugs or the old-school talk therapy pushed by the VA. The results are instant and permanent, but we need your help. Soldiers pay nothing for the solutions they receive at these warrior retreats, which means from time to time we have to ask for assistance to help sponsor their traveling attendance. With as little as just a $5 donation right now, you can help change the life of one of our brave soldiers and help them finally win the battle against combat PTSD once and for all. 100% of your tax-deductible donation goes straight to sponsoring a veteran's attendance, so you'll know your gift will directly impact their life and get them the help that they need. Many talk about supporting our troops. Today I'm asking you to do something about it. Please help sponsor a soldier today by going to www.operationsaveoursoldiers.org. Okay, we're back, and it's time to jump into some tactical strategies on ways to use the OODA loop to your advantage in the way that Colonel Boyd really designed it to be used. And here's, here's why this is important. You see, by the time that you're ambushed by an attacker, your attacker's already gone through their own OODA loop, and they're halfway through their second loop. So what I mean by that is he's already observed you as a potential target. He's already oriented on ambushing you. He's decided that you're the one, and he's already in action by the time you realize that you're even being attacked. But not only that, he most likely also already decided what he's going to do based upon your reaction to what he's doing. Whether he's going to run away, punch you, stab you, shoot you, whatever it is. Because he knows that you're going to do something, right? He just doesn't know what it is that you're going to do. So this is how you disrupt his plans. By injecting what he doesn't expect. At every opportunity that you can, you zig when he's expecting a zag. So his own Uda decision-making process is destroyed and makes him vulnerable to your counterattack, or he just abandons his plan and he gets out of there altogether. So let's talk about how you do that. And I, and I think it's best to kind of use a specific scenario so we can look at each element of the process. We can judge it for its own unique opportunity based upon a specific scenario. And then you can assess what you can do to create chaos and disrupt that criminal's plans. So for a scenario, let's say that you're alone at, a, at like a downtown gas pump and there are two men that are standing and talking to each other on the corner of the street that's just on the edge of the gas station's property closest to your location. Now, one man leaves and he goes into the store and the other one stays on the corner. Now, after a couple seconds, the other man starts walking toward you with an unlit cigarette in his hand and he just says, hey, man in a familiar, friendly tone, and he keeps approaching. Now, most of us have had this happen to us at some point. You're pumping gas somewhere and somebody, whether they need a light for the cigarette or some spare change or whatever, 
I mean, I lived in East Pitchfork, you know, Texas, and, and these things have happened to me. So I know that they've pretty much happened to all of us out there. So it's a common scenario, and you never really know whether this is going to be dangerous or not. But you kind of have to assume that, right? I mean, to assume the opposite is really kind of setting yourself up for potentially being harmed. So let's go ahead and use the OODA loop to our advantage in here in the way that Colonel Boyd designed it to be, to be disruptive to the enemy, to be able to short circuit their plan. So let's start at the beginning with the first O in OODA, and that is observation. And let's face it, I mean, criminals are very observant, right? Whether there it's um, identifying like that perfect spot to ambush an evening jogger who's on the road or on a trail somewhere, or they're observant of where the darkest part of the parking lot is, or they can spot a home that has maybe tall bushes that are hiding the front door where they can just bust in without being seen, or even just being observant for victims of opportunity like the scenario that we're talking about now. You should assume that any stranger on that property where you're pumping gas is a potential threat. It's better just to assume that. So focusing on the men on the corner, if they're observing you, maybe even planning on ambushing you from two directions when the other man comes out of the store, you disrupt their plan by not being one of those people with your eyeballs glued to your phone or to that little that that television that they have now on the gas pumps, which why they did that. I mean, I get it. I get it. Advertise wherever you possibly can. But I mean, I've seen enough CCTV camera, you know, robberies in progress that happen at gas pumps that now we've just made something that's going to distract people even more there, all right? So you don't want to be one of those people that is mindless to what's going on around you. So for you, you do the opposite of what other people are going to do. You look around and you move around. Now, you don't have to look like some paranoid secret service agent, but gas stations, as an example, really are a common place for criminals to prey on people. Because, one, you're preoccupied with pumping gas, just the same way we talk about if you're putting groceries in the car. You're preoccupied. You're doing something. Your mind is on something else. Your body is doing something else. Two, they can use your vehicle and the pumps to hide their advance. If you've ever noticed when you're pumping gas, you have lots of blind spots around you. And then the third reason is they can blend in with their surroundings, whether that's in the dark or as a, a bystander like these two guys um, and they just kind of they can just lounge around there until the right person comes along. So you don't just want to stand there leaning against your vehicle watching that little television. So for me, I set the gas pump to like kind of automatic, right? It's got the little thing that allows it to pump on its own. And then what I do is I walk back and forth by my vehicle or around my vehicle. I don't want any blind spots anywhere. I want to make sure that I can see everywhere around on the other side of the pumps. I'm not walking around like I'm you know pacing around the castle. But I'm just moving. I'm just moving and I'm scanning around. It all looks natural, which is fine. I'm making eye contact with anybody that's watching me. I don't let the pumps block my view or let anyone come up toward me while I'm there. Now, in this scenario, you now have to be observant of both of the men because one is now in the store and one is approaching you. Are they working in tandem to ambush you from both sides? Don't know. But you're looking and moving around disrupts their observation when they're looking at you. Okay, they're looking for that soft target. So now let's move on to the second O in OODA, which is orientation. Now, as I said in our last show, orientation is often misunderstood. And Colonel Boyd really looked at it more from the standpoint of how like your past experiences and other biases that you have could affect how you see things and decide what you're going to do in response. 
So obviously you don't know your attacker personally. Well, sometimes you might know your attacker personally, right? But there are some things that you can assume even with people that you don't know and some ways that you can do the opposite of what a criminal would expect you to do to, again, disrupt their plans. So for our example, criminals know that most people don't like to be rude or assume that somebody is a threat. So this is why so many street criminals, even like the, the raggiest homeless person, can walk right up to most people and ask for a light for a cigarette or some spare change and be close enough to attack them without being challenged. So you need to be able to stop somebody that you don't know from a good distance away with a strong voice and tell them, please stop and don't come any closer. You need to use authority in your voice. You need to say it loud enough. You're not pleading with them. You're not begging them to. You are telling them. You are giving them a direct command. Please stop. Don't come any closer. Now, part of this is you need to be observant as well. So the scanning and looking around and moving around allows you to identify somebody early enough that you can do that. If you see that they're coming toward you and you don't know this person, then you stop them. Now, is it rude? Yep. Should you care? Nope. If, if they're offended, too bad. You simply tell them, that you don't know them and they can say whatever they want from where they are. That's it. And if they're a criminal, you just did what 99% of other people wouldn't do. And you've now disrupted their expectations of what your response is going to be. And you force them to rethink their next letter in the OODA loop, which is D, their decision. So the goal here is to force them to make a decision. And preferably a decision that's not based on what they thought they were going to have to make a decision on before. You've disrupted their thought process. So now that you've unexpectedly challenged him and gave him the order to stop, he now has to make that decision. And there's really only two things here. Stop or continue approaching. He can get angry. That's fine. He can feel offended. That's fine. He can do all of that and stop. The one thing he can't do is continue to approach you. Now, a word of warning here, and it comes back to something I talked about last week. Don't write checks that your abilities can't cash. So just saying stop and not having some means to actually stop someone doesn't do you a whole hell of a lot of good. I mean, it's better than nothing, but you have to be prepared for your own action if he doesn't stop. And at that point, you have every right to believe that he means you harm. Now, hopefully, that means that you have some kind of a weapon to protect yourself with. And if you do, then this would be the time, if he's continuing to approach you, to maybe move your hand onto a weapon, even if it's not to show it yet. And if you really feel threatened, if you really feel like you could potentially be in danger and you would be able to legally argue that, it could mean showing your weapon, depending upon what that situation is. But again, you've just now upped the game for the criminal who is looking for an easy mark just by putting your hand like on a weapon. At the same time, you, I what I would do is I would move around to the other side of the vehicle to give yourself some distance, also create the opportunity to look around and see if the other guy is coming out of the store, if he's, if he's on the property, if he's coming from a different angle. So their action could still be to attack. And you need to look at what you can do now to disrupt this element of their OODA process, which is action. Now, this could mean actually deploying your weapon, but it could also mean just pulling a personal alarm that you have on you, like one of those high decibel 
personal alarms. And I, I really, I actually, lo I love these things. I absolutely love these things. Even just from the standpoint of the disruption that it causes in the situation, because it adds another factor that a bad guy wasn't expecting. And he has to now restart his OODA loop decision-making process. You know, now they have to figure out what the hell just happened. Like now there's this shrill noise that's going on. And this piercing alarm is in the mix. And they're thinking about who might have been alarmed by that alarm and who may be calling the cops and what other tricks you might have up your sleeve. And that trick could be anything for you. It could be pepper spray. It could be a firearm. It could be running into the store itself. It could be just getting in your vehicle, just that, that gap that it allowed you to get in there and lock the doors and get out of there. Your response, whatever you see fit is to deal with the situation is your response but you've disrupted their response. And that's the most important thing. You need to disrupt their action. Now, this scenario and everything we talked about here only deals with one type of a, of a situation that you might find yourself in. But my hope here is to get you thinking about what little tricks you can use in your own tactical planning that could help you disrupt an attacker's plan by throwing them a factor that they wouldn't expect. That was what Colonel Boyd was really trying to accomplish in the OODA loop factors that he was throwing out there. So some other quick examples of things that I personally use or you might want to think about are um, using a flashlight and scanning any time that you're in a parking lot after dark. So I, this is something that I use very often. I've talked about this several times. Even if it's a well-lit parking lot, I will use my flashlight because it shows anybody that is potentially looking at me as a threat that I'm more observant than others and I'm watching my surroundings. And that should equal in their mind based upon their orientation, their experience is that somebody that's more observant is observant for a reason. Like they're going to spot me sooner. They probably, they might be armed. They're not going to be an easy mark. I'm going to move on to somebody else. So a flashlight is one of the best everyday carry weapons, everyday carry weapons that you should have on your person all the time. Also, just knowing some simple hand-to-hand -hand moves that will work against anyone, even if they're even if they're twice your size, they're not hard. There's, you know, all you need is a handful of things. You don't need to become a black belt down at the Taekwondo Center or anything. But you are most likely going to be ambushed in close quarters, and even if you carry a gun, you might have to fight your way to your gun. Now, this is a way again that you can disrupt an attacker's OODA loop because they jump out, they ambush you, they're in close quarters. And if you, most people are not going to fight back. So if you know how to fight back, especially if you know how to fight back effectively, then you've just put them on the defense when they were coming out on the offense. Also, I carry a backup gun in my back pocket that can look like I am following their directions and getting to my wallet, for example. Now, we talk about this in one of the, uh, the, the Praxis class that I do with my friend Ox. Uh, you can go over to praxisclass.com, P-R-A-A-X-I-S, uh, class.com. Um, but we analyze some real-world gunfights, and we, we go through one where an off-duty officer was able to use this tactic pretty much to be able to short-circuit the OODA loop of a multiple attacker armed robbery at a gas station. Sounds pretty, sounds pretty common, right? Um, what we were just talking about. And so this is one thing that I tell people to do is to have a backup gun in your back pocket, or what, what the next technique is really what this, um, I believe this, this officer was doing is to carry a dummy wallet on you that has a few credit cards and a few bucks in it that you can throw at a robber. So they can quickly look at it. It looks like your wallet. And then from there, if he takes it and runs, no problem. You've got a couple of bucks and some old credit cards that are expired, no longer good anymore, whatever. 
But if he takes it and then tells you to get in the car, then you know you're facing a whole other threat and you know that you're going to need to take some other action there. Um, another technique here is if you carry pepper spray, and this is very common, when you think about using pepper spray to ward somebody off, most people will think about it like putting out in front of them and saying, stay, stay back, like using it as like a warning. And that all that does is gives your attacker information that they can now orient on and it's not much of a threat to them. They can decide and act based upon that information, which is knowing that they can get sprayed. So all they have to do to take action is to close their eyes, put their head down and charge you to avoid getting hit. So instead, in order to use Uda to your advantage here, is you want to keep that pepper spray with your finger on it at the ready in your hand so that they can't see it. So you can cup it in your hand, have it down. You can have one hand out in front of you, kind of the magicians like, you know, don't look at the other hand, like look at this hand, have it out there like stop, stay where you're at. And you have an open hand that's up there and that's what they're focused in on. But your, your other hand can have the pepper spray ready to go, but they don't know that yet. So when they do approach you, if they, if they continue to advance close enough, that's when you quickly bring up the pepper spray and you spray them before they even know what's happening. So now you've disrupted again their decision-making process here. So there's a big difference there in how you carry and how you use something like pepper spray. Um, it can even be having a hidden handcuff key on you in case that you're abducted and you're stuffed in their trunk somewhere. So restraints like tape and rope, they can usually be, be defeated with just a little bit of effort. I mean, people, normal people that don't know anything about getting out of restraints have gotten out of being tied up with rope, telephone wire, duct tape, things like that. But handcuffs require a special tool and having a key, it beats trying to pick the lock. I mean, I know how to pick a handcuff key lock, but having a, a handcuff key hidden on you is just a lot easier. And then when the, you know, that trunk opens up, your hands are free to surprise them with some sort of a counterattack. Now, we can go as far down this rabbit hole as you like, but the key here is to take a good hard look at the options that you have available to you to be as sneaky as you can to disrupt your attacker's oodaloo process and gain back the advantage in the fight, okay? All right, now I'd like to hear from you. What are some other strategies that you could use to disrupt your attacker's plans, whether it's an armed robbery, a home invasion, or a road rage bully in the parking lot? Whatever it is, what are some things that you can think of that can disrupt their observation, orientation, their decision-making process, and then the actions that they take? What can you do at each one of the steps there, all right? Go ahead and leave your comments over on our blog where you see this podcast episode. And hey, a quick shout out here to Saltwater Hippie who left us five shiny stars for a rating on our podcast and said, great info, serious and funny, great listening. I just came across you guys' podcast and listened to all of uh, 2021 to work. I love the information. I'm very happy I came across this program and I'm a forever dedicated listener now. I've started following you on my YouTube channel, and it goes along great with me being a firearm instructor. I can never learn enough to be able to pass on the best information in training to my students. So thank you, Saltwater Hippie. (laughs) All right. And hey, if you're loving our podcast, please do me a favor and help us get the word out to more warriors just like you out there. Go on over and wherever you listen to our show, Leave us five badass shiny stars there and tell others what you love about our program. You can find us and subscribe to our channel on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you are getting your podcast fix. Uh, Plus, 
Don't forget to check us out over on the, the tubes of you at youtube.com slash warrior where we release at least one new video every single week. And while you're there, make sure that you subscribe and hit that little bell so that you don't miss a single episode. And until our next Warrior Life podcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.